Spurs fans, welcome back. This is the Spurs Way Podcast. I'm your host, Colton Moran, and this is my co-host, Zach Montana. What's good? Welcome back. We missed you. We missed the Spurs. Fresh off a dub against the Utah Jazz, Spurs 3-2 and two in the Orlando bubble. To be honest, I've I like enjoyed this NBA bubble. Maybe it's because it's been gone for so long, but this has been a really fun little play-in tournament. I've really enjoyed it. I know you guys are loving watching these Spurs basketball. And today, me and Zach, we're going to be covering what to expect. What do we got to do to make the playoffs? What needs to happen for us to get in that ninth or eighth seed so we can get in the play-in? Um, and hopefully lock in that 23rd seasons in a row hitting the playoffs. Yeah, it's been fun. You hit the nail on the head right there. It's been a been great to see the NBA back in action. It's been fun to feel that uh, the stress and the getting all amped up during the games. And one thing I didn't miss was bad refereeing. But, you know, other than that, I'm <laughs> glad everything's back. It's been fun. And uh, you're right. The Spurs are back. They're 3-2, and two, and we have uh, – some business to handle. If we win maybe two out of our next three games, I think. I think there's an opportunity to be there. We play the Pelicans Sunday. We play Houston on Tuesday. And then we play the Jazz again on Thursday. And who knows, the Jazz might sit out everybody like they just did again. So it might be another chance. You know, I'm not going to bet on it. People rest in players, of course. Uh, I did say we needed to win three of our last four to have a chance. Uh, or have a good chance, and we just got one dub. So now it's two out of our next three. One game at a time. That's the logic you got to go go with here. Um, but let's get to business since we're speaking speaking what we got to do. The young guys. What do the young guys have to do, Monty? What what do Keldon, players like DeJounte, Keldon, Derek White, I'll throw him into the young guys, even though he's a little older uh, and clearly the, an experienced player. Yes. Um, but what do players like Keldon, Jakob, uh, Drew Banks, you know, what do these players have to bring in order for us to lock in two dubs out of the next three? Energy. They've been just like they've been doing in our wins and our losses. Even that Philly game, Keldon looked fantastic. Drew has looked great in the minutes that he's been given for, I mean, especially what we expect out of him and where he's come from. The minutes we've gotten from Drew have been, have been awesome. And uh, I'm, I'll let you have your little moment with DeJounte because I know you're a little amped up about that. But you sure. you mentioned Derek White, and, uh, yeah, I, I'm not going to put him with the young guys anymore. I'm going to say that he's a fully grown man, NBA basketball player. We expect more from DeJounte. I agree. I mean, Derek and DeJounte, we throw them in the young guys because they are our future. But we're getting to that point now, you know, year three – you got to be a steady contributor. I got to feel safe when you have the ball, especially if you're the point guard of the San Antonio Spurs. You know, this is not no, some normal organization. This is the Spurs where, you know, we have a style of basketball. We have a culture. We have a coach that, you know, demands a little bit of security. Um, a lot of people have beef with that. You know, we've heard the the comments on Pops coaching this season, and the fact of the matter is he's still the greatest coach of all time. I do agree with some comments that have been made on his on critiques of his coaching. Uh, and that's another thing I want to address. Like, 
being able to critique your team doesn't mean you don't love them. It doesn't mean that you uh, are against Coach Pop or against Dejounte Murray. In my case, what I'm about to rip him, <laughs> I'm about to rip him up. But I still love you, Dejounte. Um, I just expect more from you in year three. And if you're the point guard of the San Antonio Spurs, you're going to start for us. I need to feel safe when you have the ball. And um, I just feel DeJounte's underperformed in the bubble. Uh, we're going to talk about the positives. We're going to talk about the negatives. But I, I do like that you said energy. I think that's a great keyword for this young team. And that's exactly what they've been bringing. You know, like the pace of basketball that we've seen in the bubble has been uh, without LaMarcus, I think, is a big contributing factor to that we're just such a much more fast-paced team now and you know that's really a testament to 2020 basketball the game is faster now and Spurs maybe took a little bit longer but it looks like we're figuring that out and we're adapting coach pop has always adapted teams so that's my thing with people who have critiques on coach pop that's okay to have critiques on him you know there's there's some things that I think he could do better. One example, even though we won the game, DeMar DeRozan missing that second free throw against um, uh, the Memphis Grizzlies. And, you know, we won that game, and that's just a recent example that I came off the top of my head, but we were up by one, um, one second left in the game, DeMar shooting free throws. After missing a couple uh, <laughs> dangerous ones, he makes the first, puts us up one, and then that second one is where you miss. You know, you don't want to give them time to be able to call a timeout and get a shot off. How does no one tell DeMar to miss that shot? You know, like that, those are little things that we could improve on. And you got to take the good and bad from wins and losses. Um, and that's just a coaching, just a minor coaching critique that, you know, is just one extra example on how you can critique your coach. And the coaching hasn't been perfect this season. But one thing I will say about Pop and what I was trying to the point I was trying to make is how well he's adapted over the seasons. You know, we've won a championship with Twin Towers with David Robinson and Tim Duncan. We've won a championship off of Tim Duncan's back where we fed him the ball and Tim ran our offense. We ran it with the pick and roll with Tony and Tim. We had it with the six-man Manu off the bench. We've won the 2014 championship with team basketball where there really wasn't one standout player that was the best. Uh like the finals MVP could have gone to one of three players, Tim, Boris, or Kawhi. You know, we've won championships in so many different ways. We've been successful over these 23 seasons in so many different ways, and it looks like we're adapting once again. You know, um, they've always said when people zig, pop zags, you know, but he can <laughs> – he's adaptable. He can do anything you want. He can hit it both ways. <laughs> you know, he can hit it fast. He can hit it slow. <laughs> hey. Hey. Coach still got it. Yeah, and to go on that, I honestly, you mentioned Lamarcus, him not working or whatnot. I honestly think if you took Yaka out of the starting lineup, which is controversial, I know people love Yaka and his defense, and let Lamarcus do his pick and pop. I think the lane opens up for a lot more for players like Demar and Dejounte, who you think is struggling right now, uh, because I mean there is a lot of. Jakob does fill a lot of space when you got that big man down there. But if you have LaMarcus picking and popping with no one down there playing the five, I think it'd be a pretty interesting lineup and very, very fast pace. But, you know, I want to just touch on something real quick. I don't know if Derek White had his own little private gym during the, during the, the off, during the break or whatnot, but 
the fact that he's shooting averaging nine threes a game since the bubble start is is pretty ridiculous, and he's playing out of his mind. I just think he's a gym rat, bro. We've seen the, his progression over time uh, every offseason. He comes back with something new. You know, this was a little mini offseason, 150 days off. He comes back. He's hitting threes in people's faces. Took five charges in one game. Uh, it, to me, and Sean Elliott said this during the game, he's the defensive MVP of the bubble right now. Oh, 100%. I, I 100% agree with you. I um, will not deny that. I will not deny that at all because – and even before this, he was rated – defensively as the one of the top three guards guard defenders in the league is up there with the most contested shots which is usually a big man stat he's in the top 10 in most contested shots so to sit there and be surprised that he's a good defender is it's not surprising but the fact i think this this little bubble thing has magnified it and really shined a light on the type of player that Derek white is and people thought his ceiling had maybe been met, touched last year. Um, I disagree. If you're shooting nine threes a game, you since the bubble restart, he's averaged or he shot he scored 26, 16, 20, 23, and 24 points. That's not a fluke. Just the model of consistency from Derek White. And that's my whole thing. Like, if you're the starting point guard for the Spurs, forgive the <laughs> lawnmower slash leaf blower in the background. We got some yard work going on, but the podcast has to go on. Um, <laughs> but the model of consistency of Derek White, like, that's what I was talking about, DeJounte. I got to feel safe. I got to see consistency from my San Antonio Spurs starting point guard. That's how it's been my whole life. Tony Parker. And I need that now. You know, I don't think. I think our one of our best pick and roll, uh, with the ball, the one of the best pick and roll guys is Derek White. You know, Dejounte. We've it's not really his fault that he's getting compared to Derek White, but it's just the fact of the matter. Like we, they're both point guards. Their contracts are both coming up this season, and you may have to pick one. Um, for me, I picked Derek. You know, we had hopes, high hopes for Dejounte uh, on the defensive end. To me, Derek's been better than him this season. We had high hopes for DeJounte on, on pick-and-roll situations and being able to drive to the basket. You know, that is great. He's still done well there, but Derek White being able to shoot the ball confidently from three. You know, he's had games where he shot ten threes in a game. Uh, DeJounte probably won't do that, you know. Um, and for me, it's just, like, the great thing is you don't have to pick. We still have both. We can still see how it pans out, you know, maybe we maybe we do re-sign both. But um, for me, Derek White should be the starting point guard for the San Antonio Spurs. He's consistent. He can do the pick and roll. He can shoot. He can finish. He can pass. He can defend with the best of them. I just said how he's MVP on the on defense for the entire NBA bubble, not just the Spurs. Um, and he's an all-NBA defender as well. So it's like, for me, Derek White should be the starting point guard. I, that's just how I feel. DeJounte Murray, I'm about to roast you, boy. Where where have you been at, man? Like, um, you've, you're averaging more points in the bubble than you were in the regular season, but you're also shooting more. You're shooting the same amount as DeMar. You're shooting the same amount as Derek, but your percentages are lower and your, your um, production is much lower as well. You know, I just feel like DeJounte doesn't really – succeed in the flow of the offense uh like a player like Derek you know he kind of needs the ball uh Monty <laughs> I'm gonna let him 
uh, get a little bit in on, on DeJounte as well because I remember <laughs> I was watching the game with Monty, uh, Zach over here, and it was against the 76ers. DeMar DeRozan's having a great game. DeMar DeRozan's averaging the most points in the fourth quarter in the entire NBA bubble. He just scored eight straight, and we're – and it's a very close game late in the fourth against the Sixers, how, and you guys all know how, how that ended up. Well, DeJounte waves off DeMar. DeMar comes to get the ball to, to score his 10th straight bucket, and DeJounte kind of waves him off and says, I got this. You know, you're, you're the leading scorer in the fourth quarter for the NBA bubble. I'm a third-year player, not playing my best. Well, you know what? I'm going to wave you off. I got this. I got this. And what does DeJounte do? He goes in, has a wide-open midi, instead shoots a contested floater and misses that shot. And it's, I'm not putting all the blame on DeJounte, um, but I am critiquing him, you know. I expect better. Uh, I think we all expect better. And he's got time to prove himself for sure. But the way I see it, Derek White needs more touches. And DeJounte Murray needs a little bit of a wake-up call, and he should come off the bench. Uh, I don't. I don't disagree. I think I've always... I've always been a Derek White guy since I've seen him play last year and the and even in the G League when he won us a championship in the G League. It's like not act like he hasn't led a team and done things right. Even if it's a G League, it's still a championship and proving you can lead a team and leadership, consistency. Yeah, as Colton is has Colton said, feeling safe with the ball in your hands and champions. You know you got to usually have a good point guard to get there, no matter what league it is. So potentially, we have three games left. You know, I mean, we have, well, I say three playoff games. We have three must-win games, and then we'll probably have two more must-win games after that if we get the ninth seed. So I, I think right now, these games against the Pelicans on Sunday, Houston on Tuesday, and the Jazz again on Thursday are, are as must-win as you're ever going to get. I think the game on Sunday is winnable. The Pelicans have looked vulnerable. They look like they're in their own head. They look mad. I mean, you can we can see their body language. They look, they look upset. Zion's sitting today. I think there's something up with the, with Zion too. Like he's still minutes restriction. Uh, I have seen him being sluggish and kind of gassed. So yeah, I mean, I think there's opportunities out on the table to get a minimum of two wins out of three. And that gets you to five and three. Now we know Phoenix is four and zero. We know Portland is playing great right now, but. Law of average says that one of those two teams is going to balance out. The Blazers have some really tough games coming up as well. Yeah, the Blazers got the Clippers, Sixers, Mavericks, and the Nets for their next four games. Clippers, obviously a great team. Sixers, another great team. Mavericks, been hooping. The Nets beat the Bucks last week. They're playing well. So the Blazers could drop a few losses. We're a game back from the Blazers. And we're a game and a half back from the Grizzlies, who've dropped four losses in a row. And Jaron Jackson just went down with the MCL, not going to be playing the rest of the season. And Jaron Jackson, I just want to give a shout-out because the dude has been unbelievable. He's hit some clutch shots, and it's super sad to see him hurt. I never like to beat a team when they're, when they're hurt. I want to beat them at their best. But the fact of the matter is, They've lost four straight. They lost arguably their uh, one of their top contributors on offense, and I don't see the Grizzlies making it. So the the West wide open. Uh, in my opinion, I think the Blazers and Spurs 
can knock it out. The Suns are right in there too. It's going to be Blazers, Spurs, Suns, two of those three. The Suns, um, let me check what they're playing. They're, got, they're playing the Heat next, then the Thunder, then the 76ers, and then finally the Mavericks. Thunder beat the Lakers. They're a slept-on team that's very good. I think the Suns will lose that game to the Thunder. Sixers, also a good team. And Mavericks, I think they lose to the Mavericks as well. So, basically, what needs to happen is if the Spurs, I'm going to say the Spurs, let's say we win uh, two of our next three. We lose one game. Um, we're going to need the Blazers to lose at least one game. And then the Grizzlies are going to have to lose at least uh, two, maybe three. But the reason why I'm not even worried about the Grizz is because they're playing the Thunder later today. I think they're going to lose that game. So maybe by the time you're hearing it, we're a, uh, a half game or a game. a game back from the Grizzlies. And uh, then after the Thunder today, they're going to play the Raptors, killing it. Celtics, great team, on TNT. And then the Bucks, who's top of the East. So... Grizzlies without their best player already um, playing some tough games, and then they're playing. They have the toughest schedule remaining for the bubble. So, in my opinion, it's going to be the Spurs, Suns, or the Trailblazers, and I think the Trailblazers are one of them. So it's really between the Suns and Spurs, in my opinion. It's going to be close, guys. This is 2020 basketball. Like this is a historical moment. You know, when I saw all the players, Black Lives Matter shirts on, kneeling with their coaches we got pop wearing the mask standing over them the national anthem this was just like such an iconic moment and people are going to be saying like where were you when the orlando 2020 bubble happened and i just hope the spurs are part of it part of that history and we make it to the 23rd season in a row we make a historic unbreakable record in a historic nba tournament no i i I think there's a there is an opportunity that philly game is going to sting because if you're if you're a four and one right now, then you're really playing with house money and you're giving us some chance. But we're not gonna look back. We're gonna look forward and say there is an opportunity at hand. The players know it. The fans know it. Now, can we put pen to paper and make it make it happen? I think they do. Let's find out, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We're gonna be keeping these podcasts going. Thanks for following us. Make sure to look us up on. Instagram, Facebook, you know where to find us, at Spurs Way Podcast. Oh, and P.S., we have a sit-down interview with Ken's 5, 1030 Sunday night. Virtual fan experience. Check it out, guys. Yup. You know, virtual fans, interview Ken's 5, Sunday night, 1030. If you're an SA, tune in. We've got a little interview going on. Appreciate it. Peace. Later. Base and Antone, that's where I came from. See me in the city.